0: Today's episode is sponsored by Root, Restoring Our Own Through Transformation. Root is a collective of concerned Black families, community members, advocates, and interdisciplinary professionals dedicated to decreasing Black maternal and infant mortality in Ohio. Root's mission is to comprehensively restore our collective well being through collaboration, resource allocation, research, and re empowerment in order to meet the needs of Black parents and families. If you and your family are planning, pregnant, or in your postpartum period, please reach out to Root at www.rootrj.org. Financial assistance is available. You can also connect with Root at 614-398-1766 or email them at general-info at rootrj.org. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts,
1: Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Bianca Pryor is the co-director of Dr. Shalon's Maternal Action Project, Dr. Shalon's MAP. Bianca is joining us to share the impactful story of her best friend and health equity advocate, Dr. Shalon Irving, who passed away due to complications experienced three weeks postpartum. They believe that it could have been prevented if her concerns would not have been ignored by her doctor's. Her life's work and untimely death inspired the creation of the DS map and ultimately their desire to create a space that supports Black women and mothers who have been overlooked and unheard by the medical industry. Bianca will also be sharing how her birth and Dr. Chelan's birth interweaved. Bianca, welcome to the show. Bianca, can you
2: start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family?
3: Yeah, happy to so really glad to be sharing space with you all and having this time with your amazing fans so I'm Bianca Pryor I am the acting co-director of Dr. Shalon's maternal action project which is a 501c3 in honor of my best friend so Dr. Shalon Maureen Irving so she passed away it was the end of January of in 2017 so her mom and I Wanda Irving we came together a couple falls ago and decided to build this beautiful foundation in her name so when i'm not doing that i have a full-time gig at bet where i lead a research team that's super fun and i also have a four-year-old little boy who keeps me super busy his name is everton and our favorite thing to do is we like to bike around the bronx and our cargo bike
1: they're discussing the work of dr chelan's maternal action project Can you tell us about Dr. Shalon and share her story?
3: Yes, yes, I would love to. So I actually met Shalon back in 2002. We were both grad students. So I went to Purdue to study consumer behavior, and she was there to study gerontology and sociology. So we were at a Black Grad Student Association event, and oddly, there was like a piano in the room. And so she was sitting there and had this like elegant skirt and her hair was coiffed. I was like, oh, she's just like, looked so beautiful. I was like, I want to know who like this woman is. Like, I want to be her friend. You know how you just see someone, you're like, I want to be their friend. She was totally that for me. And I um we started talking and she said she had just graduated from Hampton and I was like oh I'm from Virginia too and I was super homesick like even it was like a couple weeks in at that point for the event and um and but I kind of got like a vibe like I wasn't sure she was feeling me but then later on we we ended up connecting and became very fast friends and and really spent all of graduate school together supporting each other through the politics of graduate school um and even imagining, envisioning our lives outside of graduate school. What was that going to look like? And, um, but yes, we were very, very best friends. And, um, you know, to fa- fast forward, you know, through our friendship, we've been friends for about 15 years and we, let's see, it was like 2016, we both got pregnant and I um, was so excited, you know, um. You know, I found somebody to to partner with and to to share life with, and it was a really exciting time. And Shalon had also you know found the same, and um, and for us that was it was a happy time because we had experienced so much grief and loss prior. So she had lost a sibling, actually two siblings, um, and. She lost her big brother, and it was in two thousand and nine. And I had lost my younger sister in two thousand and thirteen. So Shalon and I were very much each other's support. We were we were best friends who understood grief, you know, at a very young age, and um, also how to move through spaces. You know, she was a professor, and she was working at the CDC. So, you know how do you navigate all these spaces? And so she was that person. So back to being pregnant, you know, that was so exciting for us. And it it felt like, wow, like there is good in life. You know, we could finally see the rainbows. We could finally feel um, this positive energy and and the blessings coming back to us. I think what we didn't know, you know, Laurel and Danielle, is we didn't know as black women, the statistics that were against us, you know, when it came to, to birthing, we knew we were AMA or advanced mother age. We did know that, but I don't think I knew or Shalon, like even in our own discourse as best friends, like what we were potentially up against. So I got, I was I got pregnant about July. My son Everton came December of that same year. He wasn't actually due until April of 2017. So he came at 24 weeks and very, very unexpected. You know, it was very, um, it was very scary. And Shalon, you know, she had a scheduled C-section that January 2017. So she she had her birth plan. She was the friend that had the birth plan. She knew what song she was going to, you know, have her procedure to like, she just had it all mapped out. And I looked to her as my very wise sage sister friend that, you know, she was going to help me and guide me. But you know, the sad part is she couldn't be there with me because she was going to have her C-section. So I say all that to say, you know, we journeyed, together in those 15 years through everything in life, love, loss, you know, our babies. And, you know, I was so happy, so happy for that friendship and valued it so much. I'm just thinking about like
2: that relationship, right? How um, interconnected that was, um, the strength of that friendship, um, and then I think about like you said, just not knowing the intricacies of what the statistics were of what birth looked like and I think and I'm thinking about like the time frame and, and how we have shifted about the conversations that we're having around yes. um birth and how much knowledge has come out and how so many people were left in the dark about what was happening until it was happening to them. Yes. Um And being able to, and like navigating it with your friends and still being like, we have no idea what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. How can we support each other through that? Um, I'm thinking about um, your son coming early, unexpected. Uh, How was healing for you in that? How was, um, and then being able to like, I guess share that information and, and help uh, Dr. Shalon through through getting prepared for her birth. Yeah,
3: you know it 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 was it took us all by surprise. You know it happened randomly on a Saturday, but the signs were there, and I had mentioned it to my doctor and called the nurse practitioner that I wasn't feeling well. Like something just felt off. Like I was feeling nauseous and very crampy and very tired and everything I ate made me feel like I had a stomach ache so I had probably been experiencing that for like a week or two and the response was well if you see spotting you know that's when you really call us and that Saturday I did I started spotting and got very concerned. The first person I called was Shalon, and she said, girl, like call 911 right now. And, um, and honestly was just at that point, just moving through every single step and, and didn't quite know what I was stepping into. Um, and then when I got to the hospital, I was supposed to give birth that, you know, it turns out that my amniotic sac was hanging out because I kept telling them, I was like, is this possible? But it feels like my son's, feet are hanging out and that's exactly what it felt like and it just in my mind like there was a huge disconnect like no like that doesn't feel biologically physiologically doesn't feel like it could be a thing but let me just say it let me just name it and she goes you were right like like he you're like ready to give birth essentially and um so I say all that to say because I was just moving through it and Shalon was my coach, my guide, and, you know, she really was the person to, to get me, um, to encourage me to seek a higher level of care and help because I just didn't know how to advocate for myself, you know, as a first time and new mother. So it's definitely a lot of learning along the way and then giving birth, you know, a week later to a 24 weeker who was one pound, 10 ounces, 13 inches long. I did not know what that meant for me, for, you know, my son, for my partner, you know, when we were, um, you know, in the emergency kind of like maternal ward, you know, we had a doctor come to us and say, um you know, you have essentially just crossed the line of viability. Are you sure you want to do this? Do you understand the implications? And my partner and I, we we dubbed her Dr. Doom and Gloom because we just felt like every time it was like a negative message, you know, and, um, but we knew we were in it together and we were going to work through it and figure it out. And we were in absolutely the best care, you know, that we could ask for in New York City. And, um, decided to move forward and, and and work through what NICU life would mean. So, again, Shalon was always there for me and, and always pushing me, you know, friends, stay on top of, you know, the fellow, go seek, you know, someone else if you feel like you're not getting the answers that you need. But we were really co-creating real time that that knowledge and information we needed to get through it. And I certainly felt that because I was like, well, now I can't be there for her C-section. And we we would just giggle that we had timed it perfectly and, and poorly at the, at the very same time that we just had no idea. Uh, and she was, her C-section was scheduled for January 3rd, 2017. So by the time my son was born, December 15th, 2016, he was only like, you know, a few weeks young. Um, in the NICU, and we really had to get through those critical stages where, you know, how in the NICU life, you know, they really stage it as like, it's almost like every couple weeks is, is, a, is a milestone. And by the time Soleil, her daughter, was born, you know, we were very concerned about an EC, um, which is like a gut, internal gut condition for baby, and um, about 28 weeks you have to start to to worry and be concerned about that. So couldn't be there um, for Shalon, but obviously supported her, you know, stayed very much in touch. And once she gave birth to Shalon, oh, excuse me, Soleil, um, swapping pictures and, and mom stories. And, girl, this isn't what we signed up for. Like, we did not know pumping and <laughs> breastfeeding was like this. And, you know, the lack of sleep, you know, we, we found joy, though, and being able to... Um, you know, consult with one another so deeply in that way. And she was such the researcher, you know, any, anything, you know, regarding baby and motherhood. So she had all the answers. She was, she was the person that, um, I would go to my ass Jeeves. Um, but yeah, we had about three weeks together, you know, as best friends. And then it was, it was a Tuesday, the end of January when I I was, I still remember this, um, I was in the NICU, and I finally could kangaroo with Everton, and had him on my chest, um, and I saw a text come through her, through, from her to me, and, um, we were just going back and forth a little bit, and then I put it down to spend time with him, then I got a text later that evening that said, Shalon is in the hospital, and I was like, oh, my God, like, what is this? What's happening? And prior to that, you know, she had told me, you know, friend, my legs are not going down. They're very, very swollen. I just have no energy to, you know, get up off the chase lounge and move around. And she was she was struggling, and her C-section wound was, was not doing well, and she had to have... Um, like CNAs and nurses come to the house and help with like wound care and it, it just was not getting any better and so but she, she she then she again she was a fierce advocate for her own um, maternal health for just for her own self-care she was tremendous you would have thought Shalon had an MD and not a PhD and she complained, you know. She complained to the doctors and said she wasn't well, and and they're like, "Oh, you're fine," you know. And she got, you know, honestly, pushed off. And it's a, so we hear that story far too often, and it's it's really unfortunate. And so when I got that text from Wanda that night, um, you know, called her back later that night, and she said that Shalon had stopped breathing, and she was rushed to the hospital and, um, it was horrifying and, you know, so I, here I am with, with baby in the NICU and best friend and adult IC in Atlanta and I had to figure out how do I get from the Bronx to Atlanta, you know, and and make that tough choice, you know, um, and talked it over with my partner and my mom and my sister we all you know live in the same apartment building so it's helpful to have that support and I said I need to get to Atlanta and I need to be with Wanda and I need to be with Soleil and I need to see Shalon. and I took next flight out that Wednesday and uh, got there Wednesday night to uh, I think it was Northside Hospital it wasn't far from where Shalon lived and um yeah, and and got to the ICU and it was not good, not good at all. And at that point they had done the hot and cold test to see if her brain had responded to any of those tests and um she was just lifeless, her body was just laying there and um she, she did not look like Shalon, and it was very hard and we vigiled and vigiled, friends came, colleagues from the C D C came and prayed, sang, talked to her, had our one-to-one moments, um, we were even able to bring Soleil to see her and and have a moment with her mother, and, um, then her mom, Wanda, and Sam decided to make that very tough decision, and, um... Yeah, so it's it's been hard. It's been hard not having my person, you know, because it's now the kids are what four and a half years old, and Soleil is being raised by Wanda and Atlanta, and and you know Evie here, and it's Shalon and I. But we have visioned, you know, that we would, would get this one giant house and raise the kids together and travel the world, and you know, we we called them you know cousin siblings like that that's just how it how it was supposed to be in our our world and in our visions and you know wanda and i certainly try and keep that up you know as much as we can um so yeah i know i'm saying a lot so i'm going to pause right here (laughs)
2: listen you're not you're you're sharing and we are we are grateful for you for doing that um and telling us about her right I mean yeah. um, I think we, we hear the story we hear um, about her passing and, and we hear about that but I think it's important for us to know her before that yes um, yes and so we're grateful to be able to do that yes. so thank you for sharing all of that yes. um, Absolutely.
1: and it's also a shared story that was like a red story right mm-hmm. As something we see in black and white and that mm-hmm. does not put nearly enough um, shine onto the human being that she was and who she was to you, who she was yes. to Wanda, and who she was to Soleil. Yes,
3: absolutely. Shalon was just tremendous, absolutely. Like, when you... I remember in English class like studying static and dynamic characters like Shalon, would she's the definition of a dynamic character I mean brilliant fun you know like to dance like like she just had so much about her that it was very easy to to fall in love with her and adore all of her attributes and um, she was a, a wonderful wonderful friend to me and Um, so, you know, Wanda and I now carry the torch and, um, raise the kids close, you know, they check in on each other and we try and get together uh, once a year and and do like a, a little vacation together. Um, and then we have poured ourselves into the foundation, you know, to create that awareness. And to your point, Danielle is to, humanize the statistics that we constantly hear about black women being three to five, four times more likely to die during or after childbirth. You know, like every time I hear that statistic, you know, and I'm a, I'm a nerd data person, a quant jock. And when I hear that, it's like, but that was Shalon, like, and, and that was, you know Kira that was Tasha Odin French like that that was you know Shawnee Gibson's daughter like like these are the stories we need to lift up and tell because now the survivors you know be it the partners the grandmas the children um the friends like we we are still devastated and sad when when the reality is like it was preventable like Shalon told her doctors she was not well they told her she told them so this is the work to be done and um, it's in these conversations that you know it can support someone or give them the language or the the red flags and say hmm like that doesn't sound right or feel right like I'm gonna speak up and advocate for myself
1: Right.
2: So the Dr. Shallan's Maternal Action Project is in honor of uh, Shalans legacy. Tell us more about the mission, focus, um, and work of the foundation. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So we established it. It was fall 2019. And Wanda gathered a few of us in Shalon circles, so a couple folks from the CDC, myself being one of her best friends, and said, happy to do it, let's do it, and I bring that entrepreneurial, you know, scrappiness, you know, like, let's get it done, you say it, I'm there, let's do it. So our goal, our first goal was actually just, like, let's have a website, let's do a landing page, and that was for we wanted it to be for her death anniversary, which was January 28 2018, And excuse me, 2019. And that was ahead of when Wanda was gonna be at, I'm having my dates wrong. It was January 28 2020. So yeah, we got together in the fall of 2019 for it to go live in 2020. And Wanda was talking at TEDMED in Boston, March 2020, right before COVID. And um, I said, we can do it, Wanda. Let's do it. Let's get that landing page up. And so we did. And we wanted to establish ourselves, you know, as a proper 501c3. And we got it done beautifully, worked with some graphic designers, and we were really happy with it. And that's where it just started to snowball. And we said, well, let's start doing some research, let's start doing a listening circle to see if we're hearing the same stories. And those stories or that research will then tell us where we need to plug ourselves into the black maternal health space. We know that it's so deep, it's also so wide. You know, there's the midwifery doula swim lane. There's the policy swim lane. There's the, the, the now the the budding tech swim lane. So there's so many different ways that we could plug in and we kept coming back to community Shalon's story that felt inherent and natural to us. And so we said like, we we want to just tell her story, you know, and, and create that awareness um, and also help others, you know, feel supported. And so we thought we would do like more round tables as, a, as an outlet. And we did do another one in September 2020. We did a grandmother's uh, round table with uh, Maddie Oden, Wanda Irving, Shawnee Van Gibson, as well as Teresa. And it was beautiful. And um, but with the pandemic, we realized that we just, it probably wasn't a sustainable model. So we need to think bigger. November 2019, backtrack a quick bit, I had gone to Afrotech in Oakland, California, and I was so inspired by all of the tech conversations happening in our community. And I was like, wow, like this is amazing. But what I didn't hear in that space was things around the black maternal health space. And I saw that as an opportunity to really figure out what Dr. Shalon's map do like it could there be a digital solution to solve for the health disparity the health inequity um and in the black maternal health space so that's the that's the path is really where it started and you know wanda as well as some other board members we just started circling this idea of like hmm, like what if we came up with an app and um, then it led to, well, what would this app be called? What would the app do? And we also recognize that there were a couple other apps out there in the marketplace. Earth, which is Kimberly Allers. Zula, um, which is um, an app. It's hyper local out of, uh, it's Yale students. And it's Alex, Mia, and Chica. And they're the founders of it. Fabulous app. And then there's Mommy, which is backed by Mark Cuban and Serena Williams. So we had a sense, but again, we kept going back to the narrative, the stories, the creating community, and we said, well, let's do something that could do that, essentially be a virtual village and, you know, name things when you experience it, see it. As well as, um, but let it focus on mental health and the physical struggles as well. So if you're getting the signs of preeclampsia, let's talk about that. But let's also talk about the struggles of just being a mom or being a grieving partner who has lost somebody to this, you know, horrific tragedy. So creating space for all of that. And so that's the Believe Her app. So we, we launched that. This year, April, uh, the week of Black Maternal Health Week, and it's available on Apple as well as um, Android. And we're at the early in the early days of just trying to get it going, get more get more folks into the app and experiencing it, and seeing if it's something that can help them in their journey, regardless of where they're at. And it's open to. You know, whether you're a mom or you're a partner or grandma, we, it really needs that push and pull energy for it to work. So, giving advice, but also receiving advice, and it's non clinical. So, and that's what we want it with something non clinical, and it's also anonymous. So, it's not like a Facebook mom's group or, you know, where you're using your perhaps your real name and, and image, but this is anonymous and you can just go in in inquiry and you know create community that way
1: In the process of c- creating community within the um, app does it were there other ways that you're supporting families
3: it, originally it was the idea was like we were going to do the round tables and then we were going to do um training we were actually gonna align with a different organization that did like uh advocacy in in almost in a very scripted fashion you know this is what you say if this happens and a little bit of role playing and we really like that model it's by a dr leslie farrington the act model (ACTT), and and we really wanted to do something there so um and there's certainly opportunity to continue to, but we wanted to do that in a, a real life setting, you know, so that we could train partners. Right? I think Wanda says it, you know, the best, you know, is like she was just so exhausted, like she did not know how to continue to fight for Shalon, you know, in those moments. So, and that's how I see it. It's like we have to as a sister like we have to create this collective line of defense, you know. A, against you know folks who are not listening to us who are not believing us you know so what is the language you know how do we navigate the hierarchy of complex medical systems to say you know what you're actually not the person I need to talk to because you're not listening to me so I'm gonna go to to this person this patient safety officer and take it all the way to the top um but when you're giving life and birthing, how do you do that? You know, so you you have to rely on a birthing partner or someone to speak up for you. And, you know, I think the frightening part of what was happening last year, in particular with the pandemic, is, and I don't know this was happening in the Bronx here, is that some some birthing people were not even able to have a birthing partner, you know, in those settings. So that just creates, you know, an even scarier situation.
2: I really love the focus on um, the birthing person's community, right? Because it, I mean, like you described with Wanda, like there gets a point in, in that situation where it, it, you are relying then on that community, that support that they have to be able to do that work to make an advocate for them and sometimes you don't have the language you don't know who to turn to you don't know you don't have the roadmap on how to navigate it um or where to go so being able to have something that supports them to then be able to support that birthing person is so important and then especially you know if if there is a loss the afterwards because like you said we it's in the headlines for a little bit we get to see it for a little bit, and then for some of us, it, it disappears into a statistic. But like yes. you said, these are people who had families, who had yes. children, yes. Um, and and that lives on, and they need support um, to continue to to keep on and honor um, that person. Um, so I just I really love how how you all are moving in that way.
3: Thank you, thank you, and I it's it's been such a journey you know I, I I think back all the time like it all started with the landing page and then it just we let it snowball and then it became the round tables and it so happened that you know I had been in other places and spaces to, to get that inspiration um, for the Believe Her app and also the connections to like the iRelate team you know that came through my media and entertainment you know connection world so Those are the I relate team. Jeff and Dion are the are the guys that have built the app for us. So they're the actual developers. But it's just so fascinating how everything works and how you know if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. The right people will come along your way. And I think you know where Wanda and I and the rest of the board think about you know the future. It's it's like wow, like. If we could come up with a website and come up with an app, like, it is, like, limitless from here. Like, we're so excited about the potential and the conversations we're having and the appetite. And when we, every time we have a discovery call or we pitch the idea to a potential partner, there is extreme interest. People are like, I see it. Like, we have to solve for this statistic. We have to close this gap, you know, and if it means creating... A community or leveraging digital tools to do that, then there's absolutely an openness
2: um, beyond using the Believe Me app. Um, what are other ways that uh, community can connect um, and get involved with with the organization?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, You know, we have the Believe Her app website, obviously, and and to your point, you can um, download and engage with the app. We would love that and appreciate that. But also the Dr. Shallan's Maternal Action Project uh, website. You know, you can always send us a hello, let us know who you are, what you're up to. We're always interested in, in building community and building out what we call like our constituency groups. So. We have um, close relationships with like policymakers. We follow the Momnibus Bus Act very, very closely. We're actually an official endorser of um, the Momney Bus Act, so we're we're excited about that. Um, you know, I'd say that um, we're, we're developing relationships within the dual network as well too. So we're still learning about that space and and what it means. Um, and how to present that you know as an option right like i'm i believe that having that choice and option i think so much about well what if i had had that you know would would me and everton's outcome been any different you know like i wonder that if i had a doula like that just would have been wonderful to know like if i was feeling that pain i could just talk to someone and that doula could have you know perhaps pushed me to like nope don't take that you know for um an answer and and again creating that collective line of defense um you know so other like ways to connect you know i'd say um you know wanda and i are always happy to um hold space, you know, with others, you know, whether it's a, a talk you're having or whether it's a, a conversation, you know, where you want to center um, a real life story, you know, such as Shallan's, we we are always up for sharing and um, providing that insight because I think it really does, we, have, we also work with researchers, you know, where it gets very numbers and data heavy, but we always anytime like Wanda tells the story, you know, it just, it changes the tenor of the entire conversation. And it's almost as if there's just this, like, like, that's a lot. And, you know, like the data doesn't even begin to unpack that, right? And that's so important, you know, and I think why she, her, her, the way she tells it on TEDMED or when she's talked to Congress has, has really, um, it carries weight. It carries
1: weight. And you said that you guys have the websites for both the app and for um, DSMAP. Um, are there any other ways that people should be able to contact you guys or connect with you?
3: E- email to the foundation. Um, we have our social media handles um, for both for both groups so um, but always uh, all happy to have a conversation and and connect with someone um, in your audience
2: Um, and of course we will make sure all your information is in the show notes Um, but is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners resources advice anything else from your own birth from Shalon's birth just anything else that you would want to leave them with
3: you know I'd say like um, the one thing, and it, it was earlier in our conversation about just the whole human and our whole self, you know, I, I go back to that um, so much and just think about, you know, why I share is because there was just so much about Shalon that not even the, the news articles, you know, convey our, Dr. Shalon's Maternal Action Project doesn't even convey any of those things and she was just a wonderful human being and when we did the grandmother's roundtable back in September and um very much centering the grandmothers and the stories and the trauma and tragedy that they went through but I go back to like like what amazing moms you know what amazing moms spiritually that they are I know they are but in this physical world that they would have been right you know had they been heard had they been believed um, and thinking about all that missed opportunity for these little human beings to be raised by you know their fierce mamas it it breaks my heart it really really does and You know, so for me, I I then think about, it doesn't matter if the answer comes in the form of an app, policy, midwifery, dual, like whatever, whatever it is, like we're all in this together, we're coming together to solve the problem. And I think that's the most important part is that we all stay in conversation to try and solve for it and figure it out. And, you know, I, and it doesn't matter like what your background is. It's like stand in the fight with us. Like, it doesn't matter. Like you have a perspective and it matters. So, you know, I say that to anyone that this, this is an issue for everybody to be concerned about. And that's the only way that we're going to see, you know, the acts and the policies pass, you know, as if we make it an issue for all of us to care about and why we have to solve for it.
1: Thank you so much, yes. Thank you My pleasure. My Thank pleasure. You. Thank you.
3: Thank you. This is,
2: I really appreciate this. I'm listening to Birth Stories in Color.
3: To hear this show and
0: other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Root, Restoring Our Own Through Transformation. Root is a collective of concerned Black families, community members, advocates, and interdisciplinary professionals dedicated to decreasing Black maternal and infant mortality in Ohio. Root's mission is to comprehensively restore our collective well-being through collaboration, resource allocation, research, and re-empowerment in order to meet the needs of Black parents and families. If you and your family are planning, pregnant, or in your postpartum period, please reach out to Root at www.rootrj.org. Financial assistance is available. You can also connect with Root at 614-398-1766 or email them at general-info at rootrj.org.